0: Here they come, your Camarda wealth leaders, slashing taxes, dominating risks, relentlessly pursuing profits, protecting your assets, and keeping you in stitches while leading to greater riches. Your Camarda wealth leaders with Johnny Hotstocks, Camarda, Rob Moose Shevlin, also known as a financial anesthesiologist, you'll see why. And me, Jeff, I wanna be a doctor Camarda. You're listening to the Camarda Wealth Leaders on W.E.R., Camarda Wealth Education Radio. Let's face it, wealth matters to living a longer, better life for you and your family. Our goal is to painlessly educate you with uncommonly shrewd advice to help grow and protect your wealth. And while we aim to keep you laughing all the way to the bank, never imagine we're not dead serious about money. Jonathan Kamard is a Certified Private Wealth Advisor, Certified Financial Planner, Chartered Market Technician, Chartered Financial Consultant, Certified Fund Specialist, Chartered Life Underwriter, and his board, Certified Mutual Funds. Rob Shevlin holds an MBA from the Warrington Business School of the University of Florida. And Jeff Kamard is a certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, chartered financial analyst, certified fund specialist, chartered life underwriter, and board-certified mutual funds. He's also an enrolled agent admitted to represent clients with unlimited IRS practice rights, holds a Master's of Science and Financial Services, and is a Ph.D. student in the American College's Financial and Retirement Planning Doctoral Program. Besides being Camarda's chairman and chief investment officer, Jeff is also a working research academic in Wealth Matters. The Camarda team is one of the most heavily credentialed financial advisors in the nation, including Dr. Tang Bui, our chief financial analyst, also a university professor and working wealth research academic. Camarda Wealth Advisor Group offers private wealth management, including no commission portfolio management through Camarda Financial Advisors and other financial services, as described in our boring end-of-show disclosure. Hello, folks. This is Jeff Camarda, and welcome to Camarda's Wealth Education Radio. This is our Leaders at Large segment, uh, beginning with me, Jeff Camarda. I want to be a doctor. And Rob Bulmushevelin, are you here, Rob? I am certainly Mm -hmm. here. Can you calm down, Rob? I can't hear you. I'm certainly here. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, and uh, this uh, Leaders at Large segment this week is going to focus on wealth. <laughs> Rob, would you please? Wealth management planning. What is wealth management? What is financial planning? What are some of the important aspects of this in order to pull uh, your, your, uh, um, your finance together and really optimize results? So, well, Rob, in your view, what constitutes wealth planning? What are the pieces that folks really need to keep an eye on?
1: Well, I think one of the things that people typically think it just considers is your investments. But there's more to just investments. There's tax planning. There's estate planning, making sure that you distribute your assets to, to the people that you want correctly. How to do it in such a way that you minimize tax taxation. Asset protection. This is the thing that is most critical that almost everybody we, we run into fails
0: at. these uh, um, And some of the other areas, you know, that, that occur to me are asset protection planning, you know, is, uh, as you alluded to, um, and kind of integrating all of the things. You know, one of the um, the things we frequently find, and we, we uh, work with folks from really across the wealth spectrum, uh, the, from those of fairly modest means to, to really folks that are quite rich, worth, uh, you know, a good fraction of a billion dollars, and in almost every case we find pretty uh, glaring um, um, holes in the planning in terms of what could be done and what should be done. And We like to use James Gallandofini as an example. He was the star of The Sopranos, as many of you know, died unexpectedly at age 51, worth some $75 million, um, and paid something like $44 million in completely needless estate tax. And the reason we know this is because as the state was probated, didn't need to be, probably shouldn't have been, would not have been public knowledge if it weren't, uh, but nonetheless it was. And, and for something like a five or $6,000 state plan, and we're not attorneys, we don't draw documents, but we often work with them and, and, and kind of make suggestions and, and, uh, and drive the planning. Um, for four or five thousand dollars, all of that could have been completely avoided, and this is something we see all the time not just in newspapers but with people we work uh, with right here uh, in Jacksonville.
1: Rob, you have a comment on that? Well, you know, there's, there's no doubt that, uh, you know, in, in James Gandolfini's case, you know, he certainly had the money that he could have spent to protect himself and his family a lot better. But we find that for really a modest amount of money, if you've, if you've accumulated or expect to accumulate a substantial amount of money over your lifetime and you want to effectively leave it for your family, uh, there's no reason that for a couple of thousand dollars you couldn't have avoided uh, paying estate taxes, having some anonymity so we wouldn't know how much he had. And leaving your family in much Rob, by, by the way, Rob's
0: not known as the financial anesthesiologist for nothing. Those of you that are still awake, let me crystallize it for you. You know, is it very, is it very frequently, you know, the difference between a great outcome and a horrible outcome is just a little bit of time with somebody who understands all the aspects, and uh, typically the planning fees really are nominal. Um, so, what you know, when, when I think of wealth management, and you know, I like to use this graphic when we meet folks. Is uh, is the coordinated um, the application of all the different wealth management disciplines, investments, income tax planning, income tax reduction, business planning, if that's part of uh, um, the, of your situation, um, estate planning, um, asset protection is critically important. Insurance, having enough coverage for liability if you need life insurance, and really looking at the entire mosaic and how the pieces uh, um, interact with each other as opposed to to what I, you know, the somewhat myopic view or a a blinders on view of most, many professionals, um, be they tax preparers or insurance agents or whatever, that may be very good in, in their own areas but don't, you know, really take the time to integrate the areas with the others to come up with an optimal outcome so later on in the program uh, we're going to be talking about today asset protection planning and each week we will focus on uh, one specific uh, planning point that we think uh, um, that would be very useful uh, and and you can apply relatively quickly in your situation Rob do you have any uh, concluding comments on that before we get
1: into more detail just listen very closely because we're going to talk very we're going to go through things pretty quickly today and it's just a you know a smidgen of what really needs to be done to button up your situation. Okay, thank you, uh, thank you, Rob. That uh,
0: those those words are you know heaven sent. Let's hope folks are paying attention. So, Rob, I know we're going uh, to get more into the details of specific, the nuts and bolts of asset protection planning uh, in the second uh, half of the show, and what people can do inexpensively and easily to really shore up their finances and protect them. From financial predators, uh, but uh, why don't we spend a few minutes now talking about why asset protection planning is important. Um, what are some of the risks that people face uh, um, the, with assets uh, set up the way they typically are?
1: Well, one of the things you find is that people create exposures and they don't necessarily realize that if somebody is going to come after them, that uh, it's very easy for that creditor to attach those assets. So, for example... So, let's talk about what might happen, though. So, if you have the typical bank account
0: that we see, or a brokerage account, real estate and businesses very frequently, um, or uh, um, if somebody gets in a car wreck, or somebody sues them, or for some reason to come after your money... And, folks, these days, let's face it, it doesn't take them very long to, on the Internet to find out how much money you have and where it's deployed. You may think it's completely secure, but it's an amazing what a uh, $100 private investigator can find these days. Um, so the risks are, if you get sued for something, what can happen, Rob?
1: So let's say someone is going to try to collect on me for $25,000. They can go and get an attachment on my brokerage account or on my mutual fund account or well, they could go to my bank if especially if I'm single they could go to my bank and just take my bank account if I own a business and, I, and I, it's, a, it's a corporation, they could take my But what I
2: thought a
0: corporation was protected, of course I know the answer here, folks, but you know, this is the question that you might ask. I thought a corporation, if I'm a business owner, I, doesn't a corporation protect me? Isn't that what it's for?
1: Well, the business protects you from acts of the business, but it doesn't protect the shareholder from liabilities they incur and in having their stock taken. So in other words, if I have a valuable
0: business, you know that's uh, making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, a couple million dollars a year, whatever, and somebody sues me, and I own the the business as a corporation with stock, uh, I could be forced to sign that stock, sign that business over to somebody else. That's
1: absolutely correct. Yeah.
0: That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty uh, a gruesome outcome. I think for many folks, and it's not just for business owners. You know, we find it's typically the way uh, bank and brokerage accounts are titled, and and frequently don't even have the protection the, uh, between spouses of tenancy by the entirety, which can be a very strong protection. It's no, it's it, you know, it's not a magic bullet, uh, but it is better than joint tenants to right a survivorship. We find a lot of the brokerage houses and banks are increasingly going to joint with rights. Um, Which is a which is a completely exposed form of titling, simply because it makes it simpler for
1: them or, or helps them manage their risk. Is that right? That's correct. Just like when you and your if you and your spouse buy real estate, it's typically titled you know tenancy by the entirety. There's no reason you shouldn't be able to do that for your bank and brokerage accounts and have the same protection. And by the way, you know not every state permits that, so we're lucky that we live in Florida, which has got very strong tenancy by the entirety law. Yeah, that's a uh,
0: good point, good point, Rob. So again, we will get later on, folks, stick with us in the second half of the show uh, because we'll give you very specific things you can do inexpensively to really tighten up your planning and uh, keep the, uh, uh, the, the predators at bay and, and in many cases make it nearly impossible uh, for you to have to fork over a nickel that you don't want to fork over. We have a couple of, uh, couple of minutes left uh, in this segment. I'd like to now introduce... Johnny Hotstocks Kamarda, you may have heard of him, You haven't, but you haven't really heard him until I turn on the mic, folks. So, Johnny, I'm glad you got your car started and were able to uh, to join us here in the studio this morning. Why since you're a little bit late to the party? Why don't you tell the folks a little bit about yourself?
2: Well, Jeff, I've been in the business for about 21 years you know, since the early 90s. Um, you know, I'm a certified financial planner, a certified private wealth advisor a market technician, charter financial consultant, among some others, certified fund specialist. Should I go on, Rob? I see Rob; uh, he's already losing his face. Hey, you know, you know, Johnny. It's Rob's job to put us all to sleep. We can pick up the pace? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you about my battery. <laughs> anyway, you're pretty sure enough about me. So I've been in the business for a while, and I uh, kind of like to think I know what I'm doing.
0: All right, so uh, folks, um, uh, we're going to go ahead, and uh, after the brief break here. Uh, go into portfolio focus, talk about our stock of the week, something that we're very excited about, that I think that you'll uh, be very very excited about too. And then we're going to talk about uh, a stock that uh, many of you uh, may widely own, but uh, we don't have a very high opinion of. See you in a second. You're listening to the Camarda Wealth Leaders on WER Wealth Education Radio. This show is previously recorded. For private or on-air questions, to request free white papers or other educational materials, or to schedule a complimentary, no-obligation consultation about today's or any other wealth matters, call us at 888-CAMARDA. Write it down now, 888-CAMARDA. That's C-A-M-A-R-D-A, Charlie, Alpha, Mike, Alpha, Romeo, Delta, Alpha, 888-CAMARDA. Call it now and keep it handy for wealth emergencies. You're listening to the Camarda Brothers plus the Antlered Rob on WER Wealth Education Radio. Better planning, better wealth, better wealth, better life. Tell your friends about the Camarda Wealth Leaders right here Saturdays at noon or Sundays at 2. This show is recorded, but if you have questions to be answered privately or on the air if you wish, or want free reports, reviews, or other information, call 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Call us now, folks. All right, folks. The Wealth Leaders are back on your radio, and uh, every week, this is the Portfolio Focus section. Uh, We talk about one of the portfolios that we here at Camarda Wealth Advisor Group manage ourselves with our Portfolio Management Board. I chair that board uh, with uh, um, my credentials and uh, Jonathan also sits on that board. And today we're going to talk about our Columbia Portfolio, my favorite portfolio and probably the one I'm most personally heavily invested.
1: Well, Jeff, let me ask you a question. That's a unique name, Columbia. How did you come up with the Columbia name for this portfolio?
0: Actually, that's a great question, Rob. Thank you so much for asking. That was completely unscripted, by the way, folks. <laughs> the uh, um, Columbia is named for the Ivy League School in New York City. Uh, where Warren Buffett learned uh, an initial stock value analysis uh, from Graham. And where Joel Greenblatt, uh, who's a professor at Columbia, also runs the Gotham Capital Hedge and other funds, teaches and uh, Columbia is a deep value type strategy and basically what it means is we look for stocks that are trading for a lot less than we think they're worth. For some reason, there's a pricing anomaly. We can pick the stock up based on earnings uh, power, profitability, cash flow, what the company's outlook looks like, quality management, uh, industrial forecast, that kind of thing. We can pick stocks up that for some reason are mispriced. They're just trading a lot cheaper than we, th- we think they should be. You know I'll use a real estate analogy. I'm a, I've been a real estate investor since the early '80s, I have quite a bit of property here in Jacksonville. And if you can buy a rental house you know, that pays 1,000 dollars a month, 12,000 dollars gross potential rent, maybe something like 9,500 bucks um, a year, uh, rather after, um, after expenses and vacancy, and you can pick that house up for50,000 dollars, that's like a 20 percent return on capital. And at the house, you know, the comps in a neighborhood are worth eighty dollars or ninety dollars or $100,000. And you can get the house for fifty. dollars That's a screaming deal. And that's what Columbia looks, uh, the sort of stocks it looks to purchase. So uh, just, uh, you know, a couple of things that we look at. And then we're going to talk about the stock of the week. And every week, we'll pick one of the stocks from one of our portfolios um, and give you a lot of details on that and why we think we like it and, you know, for your own edification uh, but things that we look at are Greenblatt measures called return on capital, how much money the stock is or the company is earning based on the amount of money that's invested in it. And that's not just the, um, the stock value, all the stock that's out there, but also the debt and other capital aspects, so-called enterprise value. And Greenblatt argues, and we agree, that gives a much better idea of what, how efficient the company is in terms of earning profits. You know, most folks, the common measures are a return on equity. You know, how much, uh, um, the, what the return is on the amount of stock out there. But it they really, it, it, it blinds us to the consideration that the company is deeply in debt. The earnings on equity only tell a very small story. So I think Greenblatt's measure of return on capital is far more efficient. You had a comment, Moose.
1: Yeah, you know, if you've listened to, you know, the, the financial press out there, you always hear people talking about price-to-earnings ratio do you find price-to-earnings ratio to be a very valuable uh, tool, or do you use other things that you think are more hey, Ron's effective? trying to, to sound like Ed McMahon here. Right? Hey, I mean, is he I, working
2: I, on a golf course? Because he teed that one up. Hey,
1: <laughs> thank
2: you very much. You know,
0: I'm going to roll for you a Caddyshack 16. <laughs> so the, uh, the 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 measure that Greenblatt prefers is a so-called earnings yield, which tells us how much money the company's earning – based on the overall investment in the company rather than just on the stock piece you know so some of the things that uh, that, that Columbia focuses on are quality factors like the growth rate of the company earnings trends stability revenue diversity now we actually look at the filings the financial filings of the SEC we don't get numbers over Yahoo or Bloomberg we actually go to the uh, the filings um, in Washington of uh, the, the company's uh, um, the financial performance and balance sheet and so forth go back and look at the past 12 quarters. to to get a feeling for how stable the trends are, rather than just looking at at maybe the recent time. Uh, We evaluate their competitive advantage, how well governed they are, the quality of management, potential threats, what their industry looks like, and then select the deepest values, those that are the most on sale that pass our initial quality screen. And we're gonna be talking a little bit about uh, one of our favorite stocks here, and uh, Jonathan, as you will soon learn, is uh, quite a bit more colorful than me and the moose. Uh, and also is uh, very much trained as a technician, a chartist, as a charted market technician. He tends to take the technical view. I'm more of a numbers guy, I look at um, the, um, the the balance sheets, uh, quantitative, uh, fundamental analyst, a bean counter, an applied bean counter, if you will. So it really gives us kind of a good balance for how we, uh, we evaluate stocks. So Jonathan, before we get into um, the technical aspects, today we're talking about raw stores, ROST folks. The ticker is R O S T. That's Romeo Oscar Sierra Tango. All right, so guys, before you know, we get into uh, to some of the numbers. Uh, well, tell me, what is Ross Store Shtick? What kind of business are they in? What do they do? Don't all speak at once,
1: Rob? What do they do? Well, I gotta admit, I've never been in a Ross Store before. I know that uh, you see them in the malls, and you see them out in the outdoor malls. And uh, I always thought they uh, had a lot of clothing for women. Rob, <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's amazing how well up you are in this doc.
0: I'm getting Next, a- Johnny, what is Ross? Do you know I'll tell you myself. They're an off-price apparel and home fashion chain in the United States. It operates two brands of off-price uh, clothing um, at retail and home fashion stores, namely Ross Dress for Less and DDS Discounted. Now the companies uh, rank very highly on our uh, quality and uh, um, the, and deep value analytics screen, screens. Uh, earnings and cash flows are increasing quite strong, which makes it very attractive to us. Operating cash flow uh, growth rate over the past ten years is 13% annually, which is extremely impressive. You know, maintaining that level of operating cash flow growth for for a decade of 13% a year through every you know the the great recession and everything else really is quite uh, amazing. Uh, something else we we'll, we we'll, we'll look at is their uh, their debt management program. They currently have a very low debt level with a debt to equity ratio of just 0.07. 0.07 uh, estimated earnings uh, in the next five years. Uh, earnings per share is 13%, which is really really strong. Before Jonathan gives us the uh, the technical aspect, you know I just like to to mention that um, the, and again this is the you know, performance. You have to be very careful. People different people get in different times. And, and not all the clients bought us at the same time, but we initially bought the stock, made the recommendation in March of 2013 at $55.90, and as of uh, um, early December of 14, when we take the show, and remember folks, the show is taped, you can call in, but we have to record your answers and play it back on the radio later. When the, In early uh, December, the stock closed at 90.82 for a gain of just under 63%, which uh, makes us very happy, uh, Jonathan. Why don't you give me, Rob? You have any anything you want to say about the clothing now, or you know you want like, my car wash, watch or something like that?
2: I'm no,
1: getting a, I'm getting a visual. <laughs> well, before Johnny talks about the technical, I do have a question. I mean, we've owned this stock since March of last year. You know, do you typically hold stocks very long term, or when will you decide, you know, that this stock no longer meets our requirements to keep it? Why is that? You want to get out of it, Rob? And what's uh, the problem? <laughs> Rob, don't get angry, Rob. Don't get
0: angry. Don't you look good enough? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rob, please. Uh, That's a great question, Rob, and, and really we don't have enough time to get fully into our self-discipline except to say that we maintain technical watches on the stock. Jonathan may uh, opine on that in a moment. Um, so if the, the chart starts to look ugly, then we that, that triggers your view, and then we also look at the fundamentals and, and see if it's justified. And also, more, more importantly, if the stock reaches the fair valuation target, um, we will sell it. So, for instance, getting back to the house analogy earlier on, if we can sell the house we got for 50 for 90 95 and we think that's about what it's worth, we'll sell it. In this case, we think the stock has, is, has become more valuable, and it's still very attractive even at these levels, which is why we still retain it. Johnny, over to the technicals for you. Johnny Hotstocks, what do you think about this off-rise clothing store?
2: Okay, uh, well, yeah, Raw Star has, has been doing well. Like I said, we bought it in the uh, spring of '13. And has been doing well. Recently, it, uh, it, it was uh, a little bit in the Quagmire in July and August, but uh, much like most of retail, with the price of oil going south, uh, most retailers have benefited, and RawStore being a, a strong retailer has uh, ascended really since Yeah, Johnny, August. but how's
0: the chart look from here? Oh,
2: well, the chart <laughs> right now, my friend, looks very attractive. Uh, you know, right now we just had a gap up in late November. A gap up for you those at home means a, a surge in price uh, between the closed... The previous day and the opening the next day, where there's a huge jump in the price, we just had that huge jump uh, in late November, right around Turkey time. What does all
0: that mumbo-jumbo mean, Johnny? What it means is uh, (laughs) Santa
2: Claus is coming to town, and for this stock right here, there won't be calling their stocking, because uh, this thing looks like it's uh, ready to burst out again as we get into Christmas and into the New Year, so... uh, you may not be shopping there at Rob, uh, but many people seem to be uh, a lot of foot traffic going to Raw. All stores. right, good. So,
0: Johnny likes the chart. And again, that's just his personal opinion. Obviously, we don't know exactly what's going to happen, uh, but we do apply both fundamental and technical analysis to uh, to make our, our, our purchase and hold decisions. And he is optimistic on that. And, folks, we've run out of time uh, for this segment, so we're going to have to postpone the whole. <laughs> What when do you know, when do you hear which stock this is folks everybody knows it, many of you may own it and you're not going to like the ugly things that you had to have uh, to say about it but uh, that will be coming up in segment two so hang on for the howler we'll be back in uh, just a couple of minutes thanks folks Tomorrow Wealth offers complimentary that's free folks portfolio reviews to listeners get us your statements and we will thoroughly examine your portfolio give you opinions on the risk and quality of each position you own as well as how wisely we believe the whole thing holds together and how efficiently it addresses your needs and goals at the same time we'll also opine on how protected your assets are from financial predators your estate plan tax savings opportunities and otherwise we think you can cut risk avoid probate save money and just plain get richer faster did i mention this service was free just call us at 888 camarda that's c-a-m-a-r-d-a 888 camarda to set up your free portfolio review call now while it's on your mind folks